Hello everybody, welcome to Health Hackers episode 14. I'm Gemma Evans, I'm a journalist here in the UK and this is my series devoted to getting inside the minds of some of the most pioneering figures in health and wellness right now. Today I'm talking to Sean Nix-Jones. Hey! Hi! Sean is an author on gut health. She's also the founder of Chuckling Goat. That's a company that makes kefir. That's a probiotic drink that's been credited by some for helping improve skin problems like eczema and acne. But according to Sean, the power of probiotics goes much further because her latest book, The Kefir Solution, is all about a link between gut health and irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety. Shan, I'm going to jump straight in on this because we think of IBS as being tied up with our digestive system, so the lower half of our body, while anxiety and depression, well, that goes on upstairs, doesn't it, in our heads. So how would those three conditions be connected? Well, inside your gut, you have trillions of bacteria, and the exact number they think is 10 to the 24th, which is as many stars as there are in the observable universe. So that's a lot of bacteria. Now, 2% of those bacteria are very special cells called enterochromaffin cells, or EC cells. And those cells have a very special job, and their job is to produce 95% of all the serotonin inside your body. The serotonin has a lot of really important functions. You may be familiar with it as the happy hormone, which makes you happy and deals with anxiety and depression in your brain, and it is but it also has a lot of other very important functions throughout your body, and one of them is the smooth and painless processing of food through your gut. So your brain and your gut are connected through something called the brain-gut axis, and that's a lot of crosstalk that goes on between your gut and your brain. But even more importantly than that, your gut and your brain, strange as it sounds, are constructed very similarly. So in your brain, you have 100 billion neurons, in your gut, you have 100 million neurons. They're exactly the same neurons, they work exactly the same way, and they all operate on serotonin. So if you think about it um, as an ecosystem, the neurons, both in your brain and your gut, you can imagine them like birds in the tree. Serotonin is a communication molecule, so that's like the bird's song that one bird uses to communicate with the next bird. You destroy your gut microbiome, shut down your serotonin process, there is no bird song, so not in your gut or your brain. Now, this can happen two ways. The serotonin system can go wrong. Either it produces too much serotonin, which is going to be anxiety in your brain and diarrhea in the gut, or it's going to be too little serotonin, depression in the brain and constipation in the gut. But those things are intimately linked. You cannot separate your gut from your brain or vice versa. It's all one thing. So with the gut-brain access, is it the gut issue causing the brain issue or the brain issue causing the gut issue or both? Great question. It works either way. So if you start out with IBS, chances are good that within the year you will come up with anxiety and or depression. And if you start out with anxiety and or depression, Chances are within the year, you'll end up with IBS. It works either way. You can enter the loop at any point. So in your view, how is it that we're ending up with damaged guts, like this microbiome damage? What are, what are we all doing wrong that could be having an impact on our brains and our mental health and our digestive system? 
So if you think about your microbiome as, imagine it like the Amazon rainforest. You know, people go, ooh, I have bugs in my gut, yuck. I say, no, not yuck, yay, wonderful bugs, beautiful bugs. Imagine them like a, a beautiful ecosystem. So you've got birds and trees and flowers and fish and deer and jaguar and lizards and all existing in this wonderful natural ecosystem. Now, like any natural ecosystem, the one inside your gut is fragile and it can be damaged. The things that damage it are what I like to call the four horsemen of the gut apocalypse. And basically, it's modern life. So the things that damage your gut microbiome, number one, antibiotics. Number two, sugar. <laughs> number three, stress. And number four, environmental toxins, like the ones we so often find in our personal care products and our cleaning products or that we inhale in pollution. So those are the things that we're, you know, those are around us all the time. Even if you're not taking antibiotics given to you by the doctor, and who among us has not taken at some point antibiotics, there's antibiotics in the groundwater. There's antibiotics in your meat. You know, it's in the food chain. So your microbiome is constantly being assaulted and broken down, and that's how the damage begins. Now you've been helping people restore their gut health and, and writing about gut research, um, gut health research for some time now. But um, um, one of the things that fascinates me about you is your backstory and how you got into this. Because you were a radio talk show host in the States and now you live on a farm in Wales. If anyone listening is not already familiar with your story, can you tell us how you got from one to the other? So I was working in San Francisco as a radio talk show host. Um, I ended up meeting a man who lived in the UK and married him and came here, um, liked the place better than the man. And so that relationship came apart. But I met two years later, my husband, Rich, who's a Welsh goat farmer. So I was already here in the country when I met him with my two children. He had two children and I ended up marrying him and going to live on his sustainable uh, goat farm where I was very quickly instructed in the arts of making my own bread, jam, cheese, beer. Um, and believe me, as a radio talk show host from San Francisco, I didn't even know how to boil an egg, right? I had no domestic skills of any kind. And suddenly he was, you know, doing his own butchering and everything. So it was a very steep learning curve for me. Um, we got our first goat when my little boy Benji had uh, really severe bronchial conditions. And he would get into this cycle where he'd catch a cold, it would go to his chest, we'd take him to the doctor, give him antibiotics, and then three months later, again, another cold on his chest, antibiotics round and round. I know now what I didn't know then, which is that antibiotics, because when you take them, it is like pouring bleach into the river. It kills all the fish in your gut, but those fish are your immune system, so that leaves you open to more infections, and then you get into that infectious cycle. I didn't know that then. All I knew was that my little boy was taking way too many antibiotics. And as a mother, you just know, you just have a feeling like, mm, this is not right. So I asked Rich, um, what can we do? And he said, well, let's get a goat. And I went, hmm, <laughs> I just told you that my son is ill and you're saying get a goat. Well, Rich knew from the Welsh farming tradition that goat's milk is very good for skin conditions and bronchial conditions. As an American, I had never heard of that, but I had learned by that point that he was nearly almost always right. Very annoying, but he's always right. So we went to get our first goat, got our first goat, started milking the goat. Uh, the, the milk did indeed clear up his bronchial conditions because uh, cow's milk is very allergenic and causes mucus. Goat's milk does not. Great. Then I had too much milk. 
and I, it was going off in my fridge. So I was having, you know, guilt about all the milk going off. I heard on the radio a Russian doctor talking about a probiotic called kefir, which you can make with goat's milk. And I thought, oh, okay, um, if I can learn how to make it properly in the Russian fashion, that provides a market for us, and maybe that would help out her clients. So I contacted the doctor, asked her to tell us how to make this crazy Russian thing that no one had ever heard of, and that was the beginning of the whole story. The whole story of your business now, where you sell kefir. So let's let's talk about the kefir itself then. So um, how would you describe it to someone who's never tasted it before? Because I drink it, and it's kind of tangy, sour, would you say? It is very tangy and very sour. Uh, people say that it's like fizzy feta, kind of like fizzy feta cheese. Um, it is not a milkshake. It is a medical food, and you really need to be committed to getting the result you need. Um, it's, you know, it doesn't taste particularly yummy. There's a good reason for that. The doctor who taught me how to make it said, do not put sugar in it. Do not put sweetening in it. Do not put flavoring in it because that will kill the good probiotics. So if you get um, kefir that is actually flavored or sweet, don't waste your money because actually you're doing more harm than good. So it is very fizzy, tangy. People do say sometimes when they struggle with the taste at the beginning, they become addicted to it and they may have to blend it up with bananas to get it down in the beginning, but they end up liking it straight. And what is it that you believe the kefir is doing to our gut when we drink it? So kefir is like a seed bomb of that entire Amazon rainforest. Other probiotics, desiccated powder ones or tablet ones, you might have one or two strains of probiotic, man-made, um, synthetic, and they will go down in there and, you know, it's like putting one or two birds into the Amazon rainforest. Kefir is like the whole damn jungle. It, wild kefir is a natural synergy of a bunch of different strains of yeast and bacteria that work in a very complex way inside your system. They both suppress pathogens, so they bring the bad bugs down. If you have SIBO or Candida, anything like that, it will bring that under control. And most importantly, they repopulate with the good bugs. So it literally puts the good bugs back into your gut and restores the damage done by the antibiotics, stress, sugar, and environmental toxins. That's the good news. The bad news is it's slow and it takes a long time. Natural healing is super slow. And what I say to people, when you and I had the conversation, I think I said this, you've asked me for an apple and I'm handing you an apple seed and saying, here, plant this and water it and care for it and then wait for it to grow. We're very used to having, um, using a chemical to suppress a symptom temporarily. And that can happen quite quickly. This is natural healing, which is different. It works on the timescale of gardening or farming. So you're putting those little seeds in there and then you have to care for them with dietary suggestions and then you have to wait for them to grow. So it can take as long as a year. Some people get very rapid results. Um, some people have to work harder at it to see the results over time. Yeah, and just to fill anyone in on, on how you and I have spoken before, um, I drink Sean's Kefir have done for over a year now. Uh, here's the reason. I've been dealing with a really sore and irritating case of something called perioral dermatitis on my face for about three years. And I've tried anything and everything to get rid of it. I've cried so many tears about that miserable rash. It was horrible. Um, in fact, I've written a whole piece about this on healthhackers.uk. You can read all about it there. And some great doctors and brilliant dermatologists um, were very helpful and giving me the right products and antibiotics to help calm it down especially in the run-up to my wedding because I wanted 
calm skin on my wedding day. But then I heard about kefir and I heard that it was a good way to repair gut damage caused by antibiotics. So I did some Googling and I found your goat's kefir. And I was surprised to find that there were testimonials on your website from people saying that drinking it had helped clear up their skin rashes. So that was a surprise to me because I was just looking for something to help restore antibiotic damage. Anyway, long story short, after 11 weeks of drinking it daily, the dermatitis did improve. I reckon by week 14, it had completely disappeared. I tracked all this, I made notes about this so because I wanted to be sure that I wasn't imagining things. Um, at about 18 weeks, I did get a relapse in inflammation but it improved again. Now, I can't prove irrefutably that it was the kefir. Maybe it was all a massive coincidence, but personally, I now associate kefir with skin health. And I'm intrigued to know what made you start looking beyond the skin effects, because like I said, the book is about mental health as well as IBS. So, so how did you move into that field and the effects that probiotics could have on those issues? So um, a lot of clients, such as yourself, had been using the kefir for skin and getting great results. We stay in very close contact with our clients because it's important to me that I'm there to coach them through the process. Uh, it's, it can be quite up and down and, and people get confused by that or maybe they need a little extra help along the way. So I don't sell to any outside retailers. I only sell direct to the end client so I can stay in touch with them. In that process, they started coming back to me and saying, huh, my IBS has disappeared. And furthermore, I'm starting to feel really calm and happy. And I said, yes, yes, you know, that's great. I'm glad to hear it, but I'm concentrating on skin. That's what I do. But the feedback was so strong and so powerful and they kept coming back so powerfully that I finally went, okay, I'll bite. You know, I'm a journalist at heart. I'm interested. Like, why would this be happening? And why, is, uh, why are we getting such a strong effect anecdotally? Why is the IBS clearing up? Why is the anxiety disappearing? Why are people reporting this feeling of calm and happiness? It just happened too often to ignore. So I went looking for the science and my goodness, I found it. You know, the science is out there. It has been done. The Human Microbiome Project kicked off a whole range of studies. Um, the ink is still wet on some of this science. It literally is coming in from all points around the globe and it has not yet been combed through the NHS. You know, the NHS, well, 10 years from now, we won't be having this conversation because the NHS will have picked it up. They will have done all the testing, all the trials, and it will be standard that when you are given antibiotics, by gosh, you are given probiotics alongside. You, you know, really think that will happen in 10 years? Absolutely. It's already happening all around the world, in France, in Germany, in Poland. If you take antibiotics or you have an operation, when you wake up, there is a bottle of kefir on your bedside table, and they think that we are incredibly irresponsible to not do the same. And they're right. If you do damage to your gut with antibiotics, sometimes it needs to be done, and antibiotics can be life-saving. I'm not a crank about it. You know, if you need them, take them. But please undo the damage afterwards, because otherwise what you're doing is pouring bleach into the river, killing off the fish, and then if you imagine that ecosystem again, you know, after you've killed off the fish, the next thing that dies are the birds that eat the fish, and then the plants that are carried by the seeds spread by the birds, and the whole interior ecosystem begins to collapse. And what that feels like in your body, it feels like IBS in your gut, it feels like anxiety and depression in your brain, it's gonna look like dermatitis on your skin, it's gonna feel like joint pain in your joints, 
And when you go to the doctor, they go, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, they put a camera down you. Oh, I can't see anything wrong. What you've got is microbiome damage and it is most frequently caused by antibiotics. I talk to so many people who say, oh, I have no idea what's going on. And when I go and talk to them about their history, they say, ah, in childhood, I did have a lot of tonsillitis. I did have a lot of ear infections. I did have a lot of chest infections and I did take a lot of antibiotics. And that was a long time ago, but now they're seeing the results in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, because it never repairs. The thing is, if you take antibiotics and do not consciously repair the damage with probiotics, it does not heal. You are just left to wander out into the world with a damaged microbiome, and sooner or later, that will show up in ways that you will not enjoy. I don't know if I ever told you, but I went back to one of my original dermatologists. She's a dermatologist for the NHS and in private practice. And I was actually there uh, for another, for like a minor operation and um, like a mole removal. And I said to her, hey, you remember I had that rash on my face that I came to see you about and it was horrid. And she said, yeah, yeah, I remember. And I said, well, I found this stuff called kefir. It's like a probiotic drink. And Sean, honestly, I was expecting her to say, this is rubbish. This, this, this hasn't improved your skin. But I told her about it and I said, I guess I've just been repopulating my microbiome and, and that's cleared up the skin, maybe. And I was like looking to her to see what the reaction would be. And honestly, she said, yeah, I can believe it. That was it. There was no resistance from her. And this is, you know, a, a consultant dermatologist who works at the NHS and in private practice. So maybe, maybe that there, there is now more and more that is spreading more widely about the gut microbiome and its effect on other areas of our bodies. Um, I just want to make clear, if someone is dealing with anxiety and depression right now, you are in no way suggesting that they quit their medical uh, or their, their medication, or they stop seeing their doctor at all. This, I mean, this podcast is all about discussion and information, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure that your book as well is not about quitting antidepressants, for example. It's all about just repairing gut damage. Absolutely. I never ever suggest that anyone come off their medication. Now, what you can do is have a look at the science, because um, probiotics are very effective. And there's something also called ashwagandha, which I write about in the book, which has been tested side by side with chemical antidepressants and actually outperforms some of the chemicals. So there are real issues with SSRIs, for example, which is the most commonly prescribed antidepressant, one of which is that they only work for 30 to 50% of the people for whom they're prescribed. Doctors have no idea if it will work for you or not when you begin, and it actually can be quite harmful to your system. So it is definitely worth, in cooperation with your GP, and don't ever go cold turkey off of anything, but if you're dealing with these issues and you are taking chemicals for them, um, grab the book, have a read, check out the science, and have a conversation with your GP about it, because it may be that there are alternative things that you can do that are just as effective as the chemicals. In the book, you also talk about making dietary changes. So tell us a bit about that, because I know that diet has a big role to play when it comes to our gut health. Diet is really important because you want to boost the action of the kefir. So essentially what we're trying to do is remove sources of inflammation and aggravation so that your gut can heal. 
So very, very quickly, and there are a lot of, there are a lot more details in the book, but you need to get rid of all cow dairy. So that's cow milk, cow butter, cow cheese. I suggest replacing that with goat milk, goat butter, and goat cheese, all of which are healthy and good for you, create butyrate inside your system, which is good for your immune system. Most people who are allergic to cow's milk are actually allergic to the A1 casein in cow's milk, which is very inflammatory and causes a lot of problems, a lot of autoimmune conditions. Um, number two, I suggest that you use what we call good grains. A good grain is something that is both low GI, which means it burns slowly inside your system, and is gluten-free. Um, if you burn something quickly inside your system, so bread, rice, pasta, white potatoes, all these things burn very rapidly inside your system, and that causes a wave of insulin to be released, which unstabilizes your, your microbiome. So good grains that we recommend are amaranth, millet, buckwheat, uh, oatmeal, and quinoa. Those things are all low GI and gluten-free. So that's the kind of thing you're looking for. We suggest that you take a lot of good fats. So olive oil, flax seeds, salmon, um, walnuts, avocado. These kind of things will help to heal your gut. And then I suggest a real range, a biodiverse range of fruits and vegetables. The reason for that is this. A lot of times if you're having um, pain, IBS symptoms, you start to eliminate things from your diet. And it gets to the point where you're just having, you know, salmon and lettuce, or it becomes very, very deprived. When a healthy ecosystem is measured by the number of relationships between the organisms in it. In other words, a deprived ecosystem is a sick ecosystem. And that is true both in the outside world and inside your gut. So at the Taymount Clinic, where they do um, fecal transplants and where they pay people to be healthy gut donors, um, the donors eat 50 different foods a week, 50 different foods, 5-0 in one week. Now think about it. How many different kinds of food do you eat in a week? For most exactly. of us, they're it's getting as much diversity as possible in terms of gut. Exactly. Right. Okay. You want to enrich the microbiome with different strains of bacteria and then eat different kinds of food to feed it. Mm hmm. Um, I had a question from Anna, a listener question. She wants to know, uh, does the kefir work without making the dietary changes recommended? And if not, why not? Um, you need to make the dietary changes because otherwise the things that you're eating are actually killing off the kefir. In other words, sugar is one of the things that you need to really get out of your diet. And the only sweetener that I recommend is 100% pure stevia, which does not harm your microbiome. Now, if you continue to eat sugar, you're pretty much killing off the good bugs in the kefir as fast as you're putting them into your system. So that's just not going to work. It's a little bit like you're planting that little apple seed and then you're not watering it and then you're throwing Roundup on it. It's not going to grow well. So the kefir will do its work inside your system, but you have to do your work as well. It's a mutual relationship. You sell kefir. And there may be people who think, oh, well, Sean sells kefir. Of course, she's going to say it helps with all kinds of things. How do you respond to that kind of criticism? Make your own. <laughs> the world needs more kefir. Um, the only suggestions that I would give are these. The kefir that you have needs to be made with goat's milk and not cow's milk because cow's milk is anti-inflammatory. It needs to be made with real grains and not a powdered sachet starter because the real grains make it much more powerful. It needs to be left unflavored. So no flavorings, no colorings, no sweeteners, no additives of any kind. Um, so as long as you're following those rules, get it from wherever you want. 
It's been fascinating to talk to you. I've got a couple more. I've got one more question from a viewer and then a question from me about anxiety. So firstly, Dave wants to get your thoughts on meat. Dave actually sent me a link via Facebook um, about a study suggesting that nitrates in cured processed meats might affect mental health. He wants to know, are you familiar with that idea? I'm guessing he means are you familiar in terms of whether you think preservatives in cured meat products could affect our gut bacteria, thus impacting our brains? Are you familiar with that? Yeah, absolutely. Nitrates, always a no-no. Um, cured and processed meats, always a no-no, unless it is a traditional kind of process where you're doing a sort of fermenting process, a traditional curing that is not using chemicals um, can be actually helpful. But any kind of nitrates, processed meat is a no-no. Uh, meat is fine for your microbiome, um, but obviously it needs to be as organic as possible, as pasture-fed as possible, etc. Thank you, I hope that answered it, Dave. Um, and for me, okay, so I, as you know, I've seen effects positive effects on my skin from drinking the kefir i'm thrilled about that um i don't feel like i've seen an impact on anxiety levels but i have found the book your latest book a fascinating read and for people who say this kid just this kefir just hasn't worked for me what, what do you say to them your microbiome is as unique as your fingerprint so you started out with it in a certain sort of pattern. You got that from your mother and your father. And the things that have happened to you subsequent to that uh, have impacted it in another kind of way. So your experience is going to be unique and it's not going to be exactly like anyone else's. The kind of effect that you're seeing, the damage that your microbiome will come out in your skin. For you, it might be dermatitis. For somebody else, it will look like psoriasis. For someone else, it will look like eczema. Um, there's no predicting that. And there's no predicting the way in which your body will heal or how fast it will heal or what other kind of things it will need. So the reason that I wrote the Kiefer Solution, Natural Healing for IBS, Anxiety and Depression, was to start talking about the things that can go around Kiefer to actually boost the results. Uh, one of those is collagen, which is very, very important. Anyone over the age of 25 has started to slow down their collagen production. And so that's good to take extra collagen to boost um, the healing of the lining of your gut. Another thing that I love is ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen, incredibly effective for anxiety and depression. There's a lot of good science around that as well. And it does, as I say, outperform the chemicals. So if you're looking to boost your results in that specific area, you might want to start looking at adaptogens that work on the HPA axis, which is the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal gland. And that will specifically work toward bringing the anxiety down. Thank you. I am a big fan of collagen. I actually have stuff called collagelatin so that it, I make it like a, like a jelly, make my drinks or my, my kefirs into like a jelly and eat it like a yogurt. Perfect. Which is my new little uh, favorite breakfast treat. Um, so Sean, what's next for you? So you've written about skin, you're helping people with their skin issues. Um, anyone who goes to your website can see the kind of testimonials from mothers of children with eczema that seem to find that it's really benefiting their children's skin. Now you've written about mental health and IBS. What, what's happening next? The next thing we're doing is launching a line of medical teas. So again, because I'm talking to my clients, I'm finding that they might need some additional help with um, diarrhea, constipation, getting to sleep naturally, uh, soothing an upset tummy, getting them through the day. 
And so I've designed some um, medical tea recipes that I use for myself and my clients and my team. And so we're launching that because the wonderful thing about nature is that it has a solution for most of the problems that we cause ourselves. And where can people find you, Sean? If they want to hear more about you and those teas and everything you're up to next with your writing as well. It's chucklinggoat.co.uk and everything is there. Thanks for talking to us. Um, Listeners, if you like this episode, I'd love you to subscribe to Health Hackers on iTunes and then you won't miss the next one. And while you're there, you might even leave me a nice review of the podcast too, because those reviews really matter to me. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you, Sean. Bye-bye. It was a pleasure. Bye.